<laughs> Sorry, the, the real killer was yeah, the enemies we made along the way. <laughs> that was fun. I think, um, I think, I think definitely Drew deal cards now. I'm not going to stop recording. I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run this one back in. Fresh. Back in. Good, Fresh good, and gory. <laughs> Fresh and gory. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Board Game Gateway podcast, episode number 15 tonight on this spooky Eve. We're recording on... Thank, thank you, Blake. Thank you for going there with that one. We're recording on Halloween Eve, and uh, or Halloween night, I guess, not Halloween Eve. It's Halloween. We're recording on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Eve of Halloween. He doesn't get no, out that's the much, night before. Okay? Oh, God, my host. Christmas he... Eve is the night before Christmas, not oh, Christmas he night. Do- he doesn't get out much, okay? Give it, no, just I, let us know. I really don't. This is my social interaction for the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Neba, and I'm your host for this evening, and I'm joined by my three hosts tonight. We've Ooh. got Blake. Hello. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you ruined my joke now by introducing it that way. <laughs> Mr. Ralph. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Matt. <laughs> Hello. He giggles over there. Uh, uh, no, I think you're, you, Matt, you're the first one to die in a horror movie, I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. He's Every time. Gig- oh. Where is he hiding? Can you hear him laughing? No, as I, Hello. As I said, said last week, or was it the week before, that I want to play the game where I can just hide in the cupboard. That's 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 my <laughs> whole plan, right? I'll find the smallest cupboard I can and get back cramps, but no one's finding me. <laughs> Uh, and this is the first time joining us for the Board Game Gateway podcast. We are your entryway into board gaming, tabletop gaming, and fun times. And tonight, possibly spooky times. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. I hate it already. It's going to be one of those episodes tonight. We are here uh, to bring you... Uh, tonight, we're going to bring you some of the games that we've played over the past week. We are then going to be taking you through our board game, uh, our gateway game of the week which this week is the game Horrified. And then we're going to be taking you through... Our theme of the episode is Halloween, obviously. If you haven't picked that up, <laughs> our theme of the episode is Christmas. <laughs> deal, deal with it. <laughs> it's like Nightmare Before Christmas now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. What's this? What's uh, this? <laughs> exactly right. No, but it's Halloween, and we're going to be taking you through some games that uh, are horror-themed, uh, you know, kind of... Games would be fun to play on a Halloween uh, party. But uh, look, we've just finished playing a couple of games, which we'll get to in in a moment. But uh, this is episode 15, so we're moving along, chugging along quite nicely. But let's go through some of the games that we played last week. And this week, we're going to start with you, Matt. We're going to start with you with a game that you've played in the previous week. Um, finally got to put uh, Isle of Cats on the table with um, Anthony and his lovely wife. Why do you keep calling me Anthony in a podcast? You never do that in real life. But just no, assume, I don't know why. As soon I as think the, as soon it's as the camera, formal. As soon as the Tonight, camera, yeah, we, we always say Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> Only know, one you... person in, in this world can get away with calling me Anthony on a regular basis, and it's his mum. Oh, and right. Zandi Mar- like, Aren't you Anthony on the website? Or no, I'm Neba. I'm oh, Neba okay. on the website, we, we, need, mate. we need to update that. Look, I, 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 <laughs> I only just found out we had a website last night, so I'll you know, have to check it out. Um, <laughs> don't ask him why he, what he was searching for when he found us. That. Oh, man. Well, number one trending on... Uh, uh, no. <laughs> So you got you got yeah, so we, we played Isle of Cats on Wednesday night, which was awesome. Um, yeah, what's it called tet- tetromino? Tet- <coughs> tetromino. Tetromino. That's the word. Or poly- polygon, polyomino, whatever the idea is. Uh, yeah. We're putting we're putting Tetris pieces down, which have pictures of cats on our ship, and trying to fill in the ship as best we can. Um, apparently, we, you guys have talked about the actual gameplay in um, in a previous episode, um, which I wasn't part of, but um, I, I found like I loved the game. It was very colourful, easy to grab hold of. Um, I, I, 
my biggest, not, I wouldn't say no, not a gripe or anything, but I came away thinking, I've seen this game on shelves in Zing for the last two or three years, I think it's been, right? So it's actually quite a prominent game, usually, in most game stores. And I've never wanted to even pick it up. Because it's called Isle of Cats, and I just don't give a shit about cats at all. You're a dog person, aren't you? I really do not. Look, it's not that I hate cats, I just don't. They're just useless I'm I'm the same. I'm a dog person, right? So I'm not... I haven't been around cats a lot. Uh, The game doesn't interest me just on the theme. Yeah, that's right. It sounds like a great game. Oh, look, yeah, the gameplay was great fun. And, And not to turn any cat lovers who may be tuning in off our podcast, but... They're useless animals. They're really just, <laughs> just dogs without personalities. That's all cats are. Um, look, the 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 hang on. Neva looks like he's about to cry. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, our audience just turned off. We, yeah, we, I we, think we, so. We had, four, we had four cats at one point when we were growing up, as well as our dog. But we were primarily cat people. I would say, like, I own a dog now, so I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. Look, but my whole family, they, mum and dad, Bernie, they're all cat people. Mm. Yeah, they all yes. they all own dogs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, um, well, yeah, we we played that. It was quite good. It it is one of those games though that. Uh, so for if you have never played either cats, basically you're trying to save cats, put them on your boat, and all the cats they like to lie in funny positions. So therefore, they're all in <laughs> yeah, different. Even that. Why am I saving these cats? Right, like I was trying to lose the whole game. No, <laughs> trying to evict them from that's the right. ship. <laughs> but there, there is there is a point of the game though which I'll, which you don't expect when you come into it because the 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 idea of the game is that you they sell the game based on you're putting cats. Tetra style into your boat trying to fill up the boat as best you can with treasure and cats however there's an entire different uh phase of the game which happens every round for the five rounds which is there's actually a draft phase where you're given a whole bunch of cards and those cards determine a whole bunch of things such as victory points Mm. they determine you know uh, we've talked about it before but they determine initiative order victory points private victory points they also determine i like that i like the thing i liked most about the game actually was the what they call the lessons so the objectives really so there's public objectives and there's private objectives and the the actual objectives that we're playing aren't just you know have five cats or something like that like there are a couple of pretty simple ones but there are a couple where it was like have only six objective cards (laughs) played or something like that right which well, have it get two points for every cat that's touching the outside yeah, of but your they boat were, they were cetera. very specific right there was there weren't as many you know five or more right like these like open-ended kind of things where once you've hit the finish line you're okay it was no no once you fin- hit the finish line of that objective you can't have any more of that mm. otherwise you'll fail the objective i, I kind of like that I don't, I don't think i've ever played a game where they had a, 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 a almost like a, a, um, a dead end mechanic built into those objectives where, mm. you know, because you could end up having to draw something that then stuffed your entire gameplay up. We didn't, I didn't get to that point um, with the game, but I could see in a larger setting with maybe four, is it play to six, is it? It plays at four on the base game, but there is an expansion that does uh, bounce it up to six. And that's why one of the, the reason the objective cards are like that though is because you gain points, victory points, based on sets of cats you have touching each other. So mm. the more cats in a family, quote-unquote, that you have touching each other, the more they're worth. So one of the victory points that we... the lessons that we kept throwing around was like, have exactly six cats in a family. You can have up to ten, and that's worth a lot of victory points, but if you want to score mm. this lesson, mm. you have to stop at six. No more, no less. And so you're right, there is... What, that I, that. what I came out of the game thinking was, I don't know how the hell Georgie managed to nearly fill every single square on her. I don't right? know how like, she did that either. I, I had this scraggly bunch of cats that was just <laughs> this kind of snaking their way through my ship with so much dead space that it wasn't using, and she had, I don't know, 10 squares that just, just she couldn't fill. How, 
we're playing the same game. How, how did that even happen? <laughs> well, a, a lot of the game comes down to as well, there are different treasure cards yeah. that you can get. So there's these treasure pieces, which are like a, a four straight, a three straight, a two straight, like a, an elbow and a one. So these are your minor, and then there are these major. So you also have like different you know options to take, which is, do I want to take treasure to get victory points and get these kind of put them on the boat and I sacrifice not having caps? There's a lot of interesting decisions to be made when playing Isle mm. of Cats. It plays in about an hour, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it actually being any longer, even at a higher player count, because the draft doesn't really take any longer with more players. And once again, it was another game where where you you're playing your own solitaire. Really, there's there is some interplay with the other players on board, but it's it's certainly not as cutthroat competitive as other games are. Yeah, so. yeah it sounds no, really cool. I, I enjoyed it. It was good fun. It's a it's a big style game, so you know, filled the board up with lots of colour and movement, lots of things to touch. The and box has no right being as big as it is. It, the, the it's game, a huge box. Yeah, but it's a huge box for that game. The game could easily fit in a box half the size, but mm. part of the reason why on the underside of the Isle of Cat's lid, there's literally a target that says, Cat sits here. So it's basically like, you know, the, the designer of the game had a cat and they like to sit in the box, so they actually just put something on things like, hey, put it upside down, let your cats in the box. Cat lovers. Cat mm-hmm. lovers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but no, I would rate the game. The gameplay was good. It was good fun to play and, and finally get to the bo- to the table. Was did, good. did you try sitting in the box? Uh, I did. I, t- yeah. I, I told him not to because I, I, yeah. I wanted my I, lid to still I be got intact. A, I got a cheek in. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I told him not to go any further for the yeah. love of God. Fair and enough. I just sat there coughing up furballs the rest of the day. What night. I love <laughs> seeing is um, Gloomhaven box is huge and you see photos online, people are sitting in it like they're a cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was a good time. All right, so then we'll move from Matt who played Isle of Cats, which is a, a good experience. We're going to move to you, Ralph, for what you played in the, in the last week. Yeah, so I, I had a, solo, a quick solo game during the week of Concordia. Um, mm-hmm. which is actually really good because it's the AI is really easy to manage. So I highly recommend that. But what I really got to do this weekend was spend some time with my niece and nephew. Uh, they're about 15 around that age bracket. And um, we got to play Clank, uh, a deck building adventure, uh, which is where you're all like noble heroes and you're trying to go into a castle, then into a cave under the castle and rob a dragon. And as you steal artifacts from the dragon, the dragon attacks you uh, and you make noise, which is known as Clank in the game okay uh and the more clank you make when the dragon attacks you make a cube a little cube goes in a section of the map when clank is made and it goes into a bag and there's dragon cubes and you pull out four or five so you never know when you're going to die because that's your health (laughs) so when your colored cube comes out the dragon hits you for one health point because you've robbed him and yeah so it's a lot of fun it's completely deck building it plays in under an hour um so i played it with you know kids around 14 15 and they slowly learnt the mechanics during the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they liked it. They liked. They loved the theme of going in and robbing a dragon, and the items are really cool. Like one of the the big point ones is a bunch of bananas the dragon stole. So there's lots of little quirks to it. Um, but we had a lot of fun with it. Um, they just they didn't quite grasp it at the end of the game because we did scoring and they were like oh why did i only get so many points and you got double that and i'm like i've played it before (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh but they have fun with it uh when the cards triggered things and you know draw more cards discard cards trash cards they're all new mechanics for them yeah um even just like you know this is your discard pile and then when you buy a card it goes to your discard like that was all new to them but they really enjoyed it, and they're keen to give it another go mm. um, later down the line. So that yeah, was pretty cool. The clank, the clank, like you guys taught. Sorry, I say you guys. You, Damien and Reese, who are the you know 
the MacArthur Board Gaming Group, that our local game. You guys taught that to me at one of our events a couple of months back. And yeah. one of the things which you haven't mentioned, which is that there's a push your luck mechanic here, which is the further into the cave system that you go, mm. the more valuable the treasure. Yeah. However, when some someone can be just go, you know what? I've had enough of adventuring and go back to the castle. And as soon as they hit the castle on the way back out, the game like ends in like one or two more turns or something. Yeah, like, like that. four more turns and the dragon every time it gets to that player's turn, they don't have a turn, but the dragon attacks again because they've stolen something. So you can steal something very early and get out of the cave very quickly. But that just puts a clock on the end of the game. Yeah. And everyone's like, I can go deeper. I can go deeper and can get I? more points than them. And then how do I get out? And then you might get stuck. And yeah, so I like push your luck it's then. really yeah. cool. Um, as you f- go further and further down, you go into different rooms and you find items in there. And you're like, oh, I could do that. That's better. And even as the dragon's attacking me, I found potions that healed me. And mm. there's, a whole bunch like of, there's a cool, bunch of cool stuff where you can unlock rooms. Yeah. But when you unlock a room, you unlock it for everybody. Mm. So if you're the first one to unlock it on the way out, people can go... Thanks, yeah, Ralph. You through. just unlocked the route for me. Now I can head out and like. Yeah, and you see. find other baddies in the cave. You yeah. get to kill them and get coins and stuff. See, cool. the, thing is, the thing is about every time I hear Clank, a deck building game, my mind immediately goes to Ratchet and Clank, the PS5, the, the yeah. PlayStation game. Yeah. And the moment when I heard it, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a game that I really want to play. Well, the, the theme's completely different. No, it is. It's 100% yeah. different, and I, I really like it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I've only played it like four or five times, but uh, it's such a fun little deck builder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna, that was a Clank, a deck-building game. Uh, Blake, I know you haven't played much in the past week um, yeah. so because of, of work, but is there anything that you want us to talk about or shall we save your specific one until we get yeah, into it? Yeah, no, I, um, because I was on holidays um, and oh. the, the week just gone. You didn't write this in the document. I no, I the, didn't. I, I only yeah, just you're, sort of... You're the Mr. Working Pants. Oh, so we we have, now he's on holidays. <laughs> we do have a document. I went on, went on holidays from... Um, yeah, d- during the week. Last so he week. wasn't even working. What is this? No. <laughs> Didn't take us on holidays. Yeah. I feel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a holiday from you guys. <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. That's a fair call. I uh, know, but we went um, up to uh, up to the Hawks River for a week of, um, you know, fishing, relaxing, and um, I brought a couple of my board games. So we got to play, you know, a game of Cryptid, a game of Atmosphere. But the game that I wanted to talk about that we got to play was a game that I found deep in the depths of the game cupboard of this rental place that we were at oh um i mean you know they had the obvious ones in there they had monopoly they had cluedo but right in the battle back, of the sexes i don't know if you've heard of it but there was this game called scruples has anyone heard of scruples yes no it's ringing the bell from my grandma's house so it's this little fun um you're literally you're moral, blowing his mind right now it's like a moral dilemma sort of game so you will have question cards a set of question cards in your hand and you also have a set of answer cards. Yeah. So you will have three answer yeah. cards, and these yes. are the. Uh... I always thought that was a box from Grace Brothers because <laughs> <laughs> it's got the black and white checks. <laughs> show me, show me this picture. Sorry, sorry, keep going. Yeah, you keep so talking. The um, so what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the, your specific set of answers out of other players on the board. So you'll have questions to answer. And you have to ask another player on the board who you think will answer in the way that you have in your hand. Yep. So you'll have moral sort of questions. Like if you saw, if you were cooking in the back of a kitchen and you dropped a piece of steak on the floor, um, would you just throw it back on the grill and serve it or things like that? Or if you saw it, would, yeah. you, would, you, would you still eat it if they cleaned it properly? You know, things like that. Um, and you've got to answer yes, no, or depends. And if you answer depends, you have to back up your, well... 
Depends how well they cleaned it. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, <we're there. laughs> and, and what time of steak? We're doing minutes steak? No, it, it, Sirloin? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel Porterhouse? Like, yeah. We should, we should play this on the podcast. Yes, I do. Yeah. That's right. It's a it's a funny little game, but the um so the base that's the base game. You're just trying to get these ants out of people. Mm. Now it says on there there are an advanced section of the game where it encourages you to actually bluff your answers. If you mm. think like, a person's mm. trying to get a certain answer, you can actually just straight up lie in your answer. The only thing is, if everyone on the table, someone on the table calls you out on that answer, says no, you wouldn't. Mm. So this is what then I the to table you. has to have a democratic vote. On whether that person's can back up their bullshitting. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I like it. We should play this on the pod. I think that sounds fantastic as like a special episode. It's it's I, a okay. it's a fun game. We have it Christmas was, coming up. There's going to be some Christmas specials coming up. I think. Yes, especially if you know you've got a couple of drinks. The only thing yeah. is with this game, I would say you have to. You can't just play it with anyone. You have to know the people that you're playing with. Um, otherwise, it's just. You know. Yeah, you've you literally just taken back to my grandparents' house like 20, 25 years ago now, and I can picture scruples, greed, <laughs> past the pigs, a chess set, Monopoly, and I think they had a really Sorry. bad set of mousetrap. I must have rented I your tried. I must have rented your grandma's house. <laughs> you probably did. It had that really old musty smell to it. Cause... Well, I think I literally pulled it out of the drawer, and you know, I had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blow the dust off. <laughs> Um, but apparently there's you know all sorts of updated versions of this game yeah, I, was gonna I say think an you. app or even um, oh cool because I, I just looked on Board Game Geek it says it's released in 1984 <laughs> and it's a game about moral dilemmas so I imagine there'll be questions about the AIDS epidemic or something you know like <laughs> something a little dated updated versions are probably Richard out. Nixon comes to your yeah. house <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Uh, I know that's uh, OJ Simpson comes <laughs> over to your house. There probably be some, some slightly, well, some very racist things that were perfectly okay back then as yeah, well. well. I yeah. won't say them right now because we're already we get- already have the E tag. <laughs> whatever for this episode, whatever. I was going to say, you had this at your grandmother's house. Imagine playing it with your grandmother's house and the question was something like, have you ever participated in an orgy? <laughs> and your grandmother's like, oh, yes, I did have an orgy. And you're like, is she lying? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> No, actually, it'll be, the, it'll be the other way around. When she says, no, I haven't, everyone goes, yeah, I think you have, yeah, old slut. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. Oh, God. Rest in peace, Grandma. I'm only kidding. I'm only oh, kidding. No. Yes, it, it was a lot of fun to play. Um, this episode. I'm only joking. I'm Your sorry. listens to it all the time. I definitely recommend the game if you can find it. I think there's apps online that you can play, but it was a lot of fun for yeah, you know, not much of a not much of a game. Awesome. That's awesome. I always love a good campfire game, and mm-hmm. this is a perfect yep. one you can do. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, speaking of campfire, we're going the exact polar opposite of a campfire because the game that we played that I played this week is I'm going to be talking about a game called uh, Endless Winter. Um, there is a specific word after that, but I cannot remember what it is. Pa- Paleo-Americans or Paleo-Americans something? or something yeah. like that. So uh, Damien, one of my friends, invited myself and Ralph we over to his house to play a game of this. This is one of the latest <laughs> Kickstarter deliveries that has made its way to the Australian shores. I will say that the advantage of living in Australia is that we tend to get Kickstarters first mm-hmm. because they all come out of China and we're in the first shipping wave that comes straight out of China, which is great. Um, but this game is basically... Oh boy, this is going to be a bit of an interesting one to explain. It's basically, we are all playing as uh, basically, uh, you know... Clans of Paleo-Americans. Yeah, 
clans of like, you know, those kind of Arctic kind of people in the North American sort of thing. I think Ice Age. Ice Age like, kind of people. Like Inuit people. Yeah, Inuit people. That's the exact word that I was looking for. And basically, we are trying to survive the Ice Age. The game plays over four different turns, and in those turns, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of number, a number of things, from deck building to monument building to uh, action selection to, uh, you know, uh, worker placement. Worker placement. There's a whole. This is the game was essentially described to me as like a point salad for for big box games. And point salad for those of you don't who don't really understand the terms, point salad is basically just you, there is so many different ways that you can score, and it's all jumbled up in a big salad sort of thing. Yeah, like anything you do is going to get you victory points. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And so the way that you have to work your way through it is obviously you have to pick some sort of you know some sort of strategy and just kind of stick with it and see what happens um you know so the main crux of the game is that you have an action action selection or worker placement variant at the start and there are four different tracks that you can pick one that focuses on like cards one that focuses on hunting and killing animals one that focuses on movement so there's a whole area control version point of this game where you're trying to put towns in a map um we posted images of this on the board game gateway facebook group um earlier in the week so there's a lot there and there's another one which allows you to do a whole bunch of things about culling cards and stuff and basically you go into one of these actions you can do basically a i'm saying basically a lot and i do apologize about that um you can do a whole bunch of basic actions unlimited amount of times then you get an advanced action that you can do once and then you have a special action that if you're the first one to go into that track, you get the essentially the superpower of that. So you do that four times, but then in between each four times, there's the um, eclipse phase. And the eclipse phase is essentially any cards that you haven't played from your hand, some of them have special powers that only activate in this phase, which is kind of the admin phase. I am not going to go much more into this game because we could do an entire episode on this game. Ralph, mm-hmm. I want to get your opinions on it after I after I do it, but I will say from my first playthrough, meh, it was all right. It was okay. It was about six and a half out of seven, six and a half out like of ten. It was a lot of game. It was a lot of game. We played in about two and a half hours. I will say it was kind of felt like a jack of all trades, master of none right. for me. Like, I didn't dislike my time with it, but nothing really went... It was exceptionally good at X. It was kind of all over the shop. I mean, Ralph, you played as well. What did you think of the game? Yeah, similar vibe. It it tries to do a lot. Um, It does everything okay, but it doesn't do it, like, extraordinary. Like, it's a worker placement game, but it had four places you can go. So it kind of felt very limiting. Mm. Uh, There wasn't a lot of options there. a very similar vibe for me is a game called um, A Feast for Odin, mm. which is a massive worker placement game. It has the same, it has polyamino tiles to it. Uh, it's got a great theme. It has something ridiculous like 40 worker placement spots. Uh, but it kind of feels sandboxy where you can, like, you're a Viking and you get to do this, you get to do that. Like, it was really cool. And Endless Winter had a similar vibe where it was very sandboxy. Um, but everything gave you points so it kind of was hard to focus on a certain avenue you wanted to go i got very close to to winning the game i felt like i had a pretty good game i really i enjoyed I it you won i thought you won the game i think demo beat me by like two right um but um like i really i did like the game i would happily play it again to work it out it does feel like there's a puzzle there and there is an optimum way to play. I worked out what I would have done 
better already to to win the game but it was good i know a lot of people are very excited for this game because kickstarter just got funded and everyone's getting it shipped and everything like that so please don't take this our opinions of the uh as gospel here but um you know it, it was very good it if you like the theme it it there's a lot of game there and there's a lot of add-on content that we have not explored yet so we've really only played it once and you know we enjoyed our time with it yeah Damo was showing us some of the extra modules that you could have added there's a whole roll and write expansion like where everyone gets their own mini board that you and then a whiteboard marker and you're crossing off things like markings on the wall yeah like cavemen on the wall but then there's also like there's so much going on in this game and that's why I feel like I want to be very frank that the production quality was fantastic. It's a great game. and Great great artwork. The value for money was there. Yeah, great artwork, great replayability, great um, production values. Like, it has that Scythe-esque sort of thing where you put meeples, and which Scythe kind of popularized what a lot of things are doing now, which is, like, they have the double-layer player board that they have, you know, the, the sunken layer so that you can put you know bits yeah, in it and then stay and then you, then, you, then you remove it and then put them back and use you reveal things yeah so from a production standpoint a plus right i was looking at this game and the color scheme is great like very like oranges and blues and things that stand out reds and yellows so things that stand out however by the end of the game though i got to the end of the game and just kind of felt like i want to play it again hmm. But I'm not, nothing, not one thing is particularly grabbing me. And I think that's kind of one of those cons that you have to be worried about. Not worried about, but be cautious about with a point salad sort of game. I wonder if the expansions would um, either fix it or make it even more so. I've heard a bit of the expansions. One's got like a river that goes through the main board where you're building your little huts and stuff, but it kind of limits where you can build your huts a bit, but you can actually have a little canoe and go down the river and catch fish and things. So there's little things that add to the theme of it, but if I'm going to spend three hours playing a game, I prefer playing a a good game that we know and love, like Feast for Odin. I've only played it like three times, but it's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, and that's one of those things where I just want to be... Yeah, there's so much stuff like we haven't talked about. There's an area control mechanic about you're moving houses to create villages, and that gives you production. There's also, I mentioned that you're killing animals, but you're not only just killing animals, you're actually collecting sets of animals, and then you have the potential to kill them to get an immediate bonus. Like you've skinned them and used their meat for things for your village that you may need now, but you're sacrificing end-of-game village. So there's so, so much going on in this game. And the theme kind of, I was like, yep, this is really cool. But at the end of the game, I kind of came out of it going, it was fine. Mm. It was good. I, I had no issues. But I, nothing made me go, have to play that tomorrow yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So, okay. look, that was Endless Winter. I am not dissing this game by a long shot, but I'm trepid and a bit cautious about going forward about, you know, and even Damien, he said as well, he was kind of like, and he bought the Deluxe Edition, so he's got all the, the bells and whistles. Mm. And he even he's like, yeah, I'm going to probably play it a few more times. But you could tell in his eyes, he's kind of like, and then I'll probably sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could tell yeah, he's yeah. a bit mixed about it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was great for him to have us over and we all got to play it. But that's the thing about having a lot of those big box games. You have to be picky with what you play. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so that was what we played for the week. So a good uh, breakdown there. But uh, we're going to move on to our... We're going to be moving on to our theme of the week, which is Halloween games. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to be taking this one. Rouse, take it away as we enter our Halloween theme episode. All right. So I hope everyone's nice and strapped in and scared. Um, (laughs) I will be in a second. So... I've, uh, one of the things I love about Halloween is I love a good silly joke. And when you see those stupid tombstones that people put together, you know, with a funny message on it, you know, that's that's 
always a highlight for me. So um, I've actually here we go. I've actually in all those Catholic uh, Catholic graveyards with all those funny words written everywhere. Well, that's What's the wrong thing. With you? I'm going to take us down. I'm going to take us down a board game graveyard. Well, this is serious. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So serious. this is where all our us board gamers will go one day, and we can just you know, wait until the end. If, oh, if, if you get something the nice, game, the gamers are going there, or the games. The gamers. Ooh, the gamers. Okay. okay. So um, I've lived my life in real time. <laughs> Alright, that was a terrible one. Real time mechanics. You know, what about like... um you know, the dice were not in my favour? No. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was that my tombstone? No, no, I've got personalized <laughs> ones for us oh, too. Oh. I've lived my life as a meeple in a worker placement. This spot is taken. Find another grave. I like that. Yeah. And I went simple, you know, killed by a werewolf. That's not too bad. But uh, I've made some personalized ones. So uh, let's play a game. I'm going to read one out and you guys have to pick which oh, one of us oh, no. this <laughs> one relates to. Oh, let's go. All right. Here lies blank. Life is all about the point A to point B. That's oh, me. That's, that's me. That's, 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 that's me. Yeah. No doubt. I'll, I'll I'll take that one. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. All right. All right. It is all about the point A to point B, guys. <laughs> all right. How about this? Here lies blank. If I had just one more round, I would have won. That's me. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, you know what? I might actually put that on my actual tombstone as well. <laughs> if I had just one more one year, year. Uh, you want to see yeah, it up there? <laughs> All right, here lies blank. Death, the final upkeep phase. Now let's count my VP. That's Blake. One hundred. Now let's count my VP. I don't know how I did, guys. All right, and lastly, all my money. <laughs> big combo, big points. Big that's combo. it. <laughs> that's got. That's an add-on to the tombstone for sure. Uh, and the, now you know the last one is me. So here lies Ralph, discarded, waiting for Jesus to reshuffle his draw pile. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my uh, uh, my board game graveyard thing. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but my, yeah, moving on, we'll go to our our gateway game of the week, which is uh, horrified. Yeah, horrified. So this is our gateway game of the week. Um, and we are very, uh, we just played that tonight. Um, we actually made a recording of it. Now, you won't see a lot of the top down, but if you want to go check it out on our YouTube channel, we are going to be posting the gameplay there if you just want to see us playing a game. And winning, might I add, we all uh, kicked that game's ass. Uh, but, uh, oh, just. No, well. But enough. Look, as as my... Enough uh, of an ass kicking. <laughs> as, fam- as family Vin Diesel would say, you could win by a neutral or my... Wait a minute, that was last week's episode. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but Horrified is designed by uh, Prospero Hall, published by Ravensburger, and art also done by the designer, uh, Prospero Hall. It was released in 2019, and essentially it is a cooperative horror movie game, or horror, horror game, where we are all trying to defeat... Uh, Ralph, three three monsters or four in the harder difficulty? Yeah, or? so I guess beginner is two monsters. Standard, which we played tonight, was uh, three monsters yep. that you play. But you can verse, I think, up to five if you like. But there's yeah. six in the box. What um, what monsters we played with again? We played, we played uh, uh, with the Wolfman. T- no, the creature from the, creature the, black, from the balloon, black Balloon. Lagoon. We played with Dracula. And uh, what was the last the one we played? Man. The Invisible Dr. Man. Acula. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so the game basically works is that every every turn each of your you play a specific character with a special ability um, and then you have a certain amount of actions that you get to be able to do whether or not it be you know moving around, moving some non-player characters around, defeating the monster or trying to do their specific 
act, uh, uh, their objectives, which in our case was Dracula, you have to go around the board and destroy his coffins. The the lagoon monster, you have to get to his lair. And the invisible man, you have to provide evidence that he's actually real to the police and then go and kill him for some reason. I swear yeah. he's and Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. And he would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> um, but the game itself, after every one of your turns, the monsters get a phase. And those monsters do um, specific things. They move and they attack. And your, uh, your life is very limited. You uh, get one hit point. If you take it, you die. But thankfully you can um, t- uh, collect items. Those items you may need to, uh, to kill the monsters or do the objectives. But they can also act as your shield. And... Um, uh, Matt, you had like nine items at one point. I think you're you're you were really good at uh, getting items. I was getting away from the monsters and ended up in Itemville, I guess. But um, no, I really enjoyed the game. It, it played pretty quickly. Yeah, all things considered. Just okay. to explain the game a bit more, like each monster has a unique thing you have to do. Like Dracula, you got to go to four locations on the map. The map is you know all different parts of a town, and uh, you have to kill the co- like kill all his coffins, his lair, and uh, and then you stab him in the heart with a with a steak knife sort of thing. So it is quite thematic. Didn't you just bash him over there with a Bible in this one? In this one I did, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But all the monsters, they've got a unique perspective about them, which makes it really cool. Yeah, and so you, we win if we kill all the monsters. I I like that. Like, it was a good cooperative game. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't Mm. playing against each other. We were all, but that adds, and I think it's been a while since we've played a game like that where it's, it's pure cooperation, so you actually have to be aware of everyone else's talents and, and their abilities. And I think yeah. it took a couple of rounds before we were like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. We can we can use someone else's talents to get what, what we need What was your ability? Do you remember? Uh, I could move any hero, which was our players, or any NPC an extra space, uh, like anywhere on the board. Really, um, mine was I could move anywhere into another. I could sorry, I could move. I could move to another hero. So my character was called the courier. So basically, one of my actions could be to take items from one hero, move to another hero immediately and give them the items. So my guy was really good at moving around the board very quickly and giving items to one another. Uh, Ralph, you just had the mayor, didn't you? Yeah, I did the really simple one, which is just take five turns uh, instead of four or three. It, every character... That extra turn, though, points. mate, It's that's really useful when yeah, you get an extra turn. It is quite valuable. I find with games like that, uh, it's easy to do a thing called quarterbacking where um, I can like see what to do and I just tell everyone what to do. Uh, but I was I tried not to do that, so you guys had like the mm. full experience of it all. But Blake, how'd you go with the game? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, much better than our first attempt at it. But, uh, <laughs> Why? What happened in the first game, Blake? <laughs> well, Nate please do of... tell the audience what happened Sorry. in our first game. Anthony. Oh, <laughs> um... <laughs> well, he used my full name. I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, no. Decided to. He was marked by playing with the werewolf or Michael J. Fox, if you will, in, um, in this one, Teen Wolf. And he decided to move. He was saying the same character. He could move to us. So he decided to move to us. We were trying to get the lagoon monster. They were all in the (laughs) camp and I was dropping items at the camp. And so Michael J. Fox came and murdered us all swiftly. (laughs) Because I was, I was hunted by the fox. And so I pulled a card that said, Hey, move the wolf man three spaces towards the, towards the hunted person. Moved into the space next. Then the wolf man also had a go. Okay, cool. And then the next card after that, I believe, was the vampire card that said, hey, move... Oh, no, we rolled an exclamation mark, which moved Dracula to our spot. So we had the wolfman at our spot in the space with all three of us. And sure enough, whack, 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 dead. Oh, we're all dead. Oh, great. We were doing pretty well. (laughs) Until I blew it. Until I blew it. But no, the the game, um, it's a lot of fun. Um, Mm. 
it's very simple, but it looks great too. It's very easy oh, yeah. to read. Yeah. Um, it feels really good to actually, you know, uh, getting villagers to the spots and getting these mm. powerful one-time use cards. Like everything that you're trying to attempt to do in this game has a good feedback. It, like it, mm. it feels good to to actually take all the actions in this game. Working together is something you don't get to do a lot, which all, is always great. And like you said, it's a pure cooperative game, which you don't find very often. Um, but I actually like that this game seemed very challenging, even just on the mm. base standard difficulty. If we only came down to the last two cards in the deck, and if that deck runs out, we lose the game, essentially. So I thought yeah, it was quite deceptive in its both its simplicity mm. and its complexity. Like, the, as you said, the board itself, I mean, all the pieces and everything, you know, they're all well designed. The board is very simple. There's no iconography on the actual board itself, but they, all the iconography happens on the, the monster cards. And even that is very simple to understand. Like, you, I think you explained one of them. And I went, oh, yeah, cool, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, but I got, like, the rest of them we, we made sense straight away. And they're all very different. Like, they each have their own solves. Um but yeah, like I didn't realize that we were we were coming up on the end game. I thought mm. at first I was like, yeah, this is this is going too easy. But yeah. then we look, oh, we've got yeah. four rounds well, left and we will lose the game. Well, Ralph didn't actually explain that at the beginning of the game, which is the game is on a timer. So you have a monster deck, and if you have to draw a monster card, then and you well, can't. Enough. You didn't explain. Well, no, that, but, it, but that, that's also that's, we that's, that I stroke fear into everyone. We there, we that one. That. But also, it, it was that injection of oh god, we really <laughs> actually have to kind of get a move on because we were kind of like playing it safe, and then all of a well, sudden, even, we kind if, of even went, if we hadn't been explained, I don't think that would have changed our game. No, it wouldn't. Right. No. no so what's really cool, like. Yeah, we did well, and like if you if we won it with three monsters, if we win it again with three monsters, and we want a bit more of a step up, step up, you add the fourth in there, mm. and then you're like, oh, we really don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so it really adds up. But what's cool about it is it's so simple. It really is a kids game. You mm. can play this with kids with two monsters, yeah, and they'll feel like it's really challenging and interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, Ruff, you um you mentioned quarterbacking. Now we, we know what quarterbacking is, but for people who may be listening and I don't understand that concept, yeah. what, what do you like? I know that can be a conflict so, sort of game, so let's let's explain that for them. So I'll just explain the, the the term is coins from uh, NFL, American football, or gridiron. It's where the quarterback basically calls the play, and the rest of the team does the mm. thing. Uh, quarterbacking in board games terms is the player who's the most experienced at the game. In this instance, it was myself. I could tell everyone what to do so we win the game. But I was trying not to do that to make sure other people had an enjoyable experience with the game. So I just made subtle suggestions here and there. And um, I've played a lot of a game called Pandemic, which is a similar vibe to this. I would say it's the next step up um, from Horrified. So playing Pandemic with completely new players, me and my wife would just, you know, sit back and kind of watch and let people think about the, the puzzle in front of them. Yep. So that's essentially what quarterbacking is, is when someone wants to overtake the game and basically play it as a single player experience. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I found this game though as well. I mean, you were very good at it, but it did allow a lot of people to think out their turns and go, well, I'm going to do this. And then, and then we all had a discussion and go, Oh, is that the best thing? And then we were all like, okay, yeah. well, what if we did this? And we're like, Oh yeah, we did that. I will say you did mention pandemic. I actually prefer this over pandemic. Oh, okay. I I like Pandemic, but I feel like this game 
from a theme standpoint. Granted, the and the way that it works, I kind of enjoyed it a lot more. Granted, Pandemic has a lot to say about its outbreak mechanic, which yeah, you know, we will be talking about that as a gateway game of the week in the future. Oh, I for sure. I that. can't wait. To oh, I can't do it. But Let like, me quarterback the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and so the outbreak mechanic, which Pandemic uses, is actually used in quite a few other games yeah, now, which is, is actually yeah. really cool. Um, but I actually preferred this over Pandemic. I just um, want to say about Horrified, like I really love the game. I've owned it for a few years now. Uh, there is a different version of it with different monsters, but the game flows pretty similarly. Mm. Um, I feel like they missed an opportunity with the Invisible Man. I, when I got mm. the game, I thought the man was actually invisible and not a proper meeple that you put I out. had the same thought. I thought, wouldn't this be cool if you didn't know where he was and, at some point? And it's so easy to do a hidden mechanic like a game like this. Like, they could have a little index card that says, okay, the invisible man attacks in this location or, like, read how many cards are in the discard and go, oh, he's attacking the barn this turn. Like, it could have happened. And then when you tell the cops, then he appears on the map or something like that. I yeah, think that and I think cool. that's... If I had if I had to suggest you know some mm. next step for the game you know possibly an expansion or something have each um, they all have their unique each unique way to actually defeat the monsters yeah but have each of them have their own ability sort of thing well they do um, with the exclamation mark I guess yeah we didn't get any we of them yeah rarely rolled an exclamation mark yeah. in today's just game. because they all sort of move and then attack in the same sort of way you roll the same sort of dice but if, like you said they all have their own not even an attack just a unique mechanic like that mm. yeah well the um adds a little bit extra a lot of those monster cards that you flip to activate the monster turn they're personalised for the particular mm. bad guy that's in your game yeah. but if you know we got the mummy a few times and he does call different things to other monsters in that instance but because we didn't play with him, you don't see that part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, there, there is some personality to the monsters, uh, but I, I agree with you. Like, they could easily be a reverse side of the monster, and then Dracula plays a little bit differently. So, there's, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of replayability, but for what it is, the game was only like $40. It wasn't a huge investment. Uh, I think it's great. I will yeah. say that this game is missing the fact that it's three years old, and this is the game that literally leads itself to movie tie-ins. Mm. Like, yeah, where's, yeah, yeah. where's Ghostface? Where's... You know, Michael Myers, where's all these guys that you know from movies? And you go, hey, today we're playing against Ghostface, Michael Myers, and yeah, uh, the guy from Saw. Currently. And Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. <laughs> Fox, right? Exactly right. But I feel like it's been out for three years and it's relatively cheap. If they get you know, an expansion for an actual movie tie-in, mm. I think... I can't see why they couldn't be on to a good winner here. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, nah, granted, that, maybe... That it, 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 look, it is set in, like, 1850s century yeah. sort of, like, And it's gothic. got that old schlock movie horror mm. in monsters. You know? Yeah, like, that's right. Creature yeah. from Black Lagoon is, what, 1940s or something? So. Yeah, so it, it does. But, like, I do think there is a tie-in here where mm. maybe, a, maybe a standalone version of horrified, you know... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, that, and that, that, that concept has proved very like very popular you know we've talked about it before the dead by daylight video game which is turning into a board game Mm. um they constantly they have heaps of unique killers um but they also have a lot of the movie like freddy krueger and Mm. michael myers and all this and every time resident evil every time they bring in these killers it brings in a very a very big surge of players to the game yeah um unfortunately none of these licensed killers are in the actual board game they only use their unique ones but <laughs> say due to licensing issues but actually there's a board game called unmatched uh, i don't know if you've heard of it but mm-hmm. like you know there's little jurassic park figures so it's like what if jurassic park the dinosaurs versus bruce lee like <laughs> like there's a lot of cool little tie-ins to that so what i'll have to talk about that the turtles took on you know, Michael, like, J. Yeah. Fox. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's what right. this is like. You got Buffy Wait, versus. Wait, now or forty years ago? 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. <laughs> anyway, so that was our gateway game of the week, horrified by Prospero Hall, uh, recommended from us, I think, uh, across the board here. Definitely. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. uh, highly recommend I'd play it. Again. Anyway, so we're going to continue on with our Halloween theme episode, uh, and now we want to go through some of the games. We're just going to go around the table here, go through games that we think would make a, uh, a good night uh, good night in on a Halloween Eve or a Halloween party, whatever. Um, and we're going to start with Blake. We're going to come to you and we're going to start with a game that we also played tonight before we started recording the podcast called Psycho Killer. Yeah, so um, I got recommended by uh, this game by a friend at work. Um, he picked it up, said that he had a lot of fun with this game. And it's, it's, after looking it up, I spent maybe five minutes looking. I thought, yeah, this will be this is our sort of game. This would be something that we would love Um so basically, you're trying to evade a psycho killer. Everyone's you've got a common deck in the middle. You draw a hand of cards, um, and these cards you can on your turn you play as many of these cards as you want. Um, effects like um, getting rid of some injury points or getting rid of some of your unwanted cards to other players, things like that. Um, and then at the end of your turn, you're going to draw a card. Now there are event cards which you have to play immediately. Uh, unless certain conditions are met, um, which affect the game, um, or you're going to draw one of the five Psycho Killer cards. Now, this Psycho Killer immediately means if you are holding weapon cards in your hand, they immediately go to your injury pile, and the Psycho Killer also has an injury score of plus three himself, and he goes in front of the person who draws him. Um, and basically, once all five Psycho Killers are drawn, every uh, the person with the lowest injury score at the end wins the game. Uh, plays about 15... 20 minutes it says 30 minutes in the box I don't see how you'd get 30 I feel, minutes I feel out like of the we game. play for 30 minutes yeah with a teach I wasn't really sure because sure. like, the different um different rules I've seen we, online and I think we once did we have a hang of it yeah if we were to play it again it would probably be 15 20 max. these yeah, rules did yeah. say to not start with a hand of cards but I've seen ones where you start with a hand I think they'd quit in the game yeah like, I right think up. The, the the confusing thing for for when you play games there were a couple of things that off the bat kind of confused us just because your turn ends when you draw a card so you draw a card and then you're like your mind wants to go draw a card play a card and so you're like no no i've drawn a card i have to actually uh stop now um but it is also really one of those funny things because you're you're holding weapon cards in your hand to try and you want to try and get rid of them but you're also holding on to cards that give you specific actions to maybe able to mm-hmm. give cards to another player um, I mean, the event cards are really funny. I mean, I got an event card like off the like in the third turn, which was like I stepped on a twig. You've made a whole bunch of noise. Everyone gives you one of their cards, and all three of you gave me a weapon card. So I went from having no weapon cards to having three in my hand. Well, you trod on a twig, like we were being on, silent, we're... and you gave our position away. I did, I did, and yeah. uh, look, that is a thing for the rest of this game that someone was cannon fodder for this group. <laughs> Um, but you yeah. know what was interesting is that it was the first play for all of us really in this in this setup. Yeah. And we've discussed this in the past about the discovery of the game. And like there was this kind of wave that went through all of us at various times of oh yeah now I'm getting it right because I spent yeah. the first four rounds I'm like I don't know what this card's useful for why would why have I got this card that stops play for some reason and it wasn't until halfway through I went oh, okay yeah I get where that card that I threw away right at the beginning because I thought it was useless where that now comes in handy for to stopping you guys from stabbing me in the back and leaving me for dead, yeah. which we did to near a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. just, just for context, you know, when they said weapon cards, weapon cards are actually bad 
during mm, this. Yeah. So basically, the more weapons you have, it has a value on it, like five, two, one. Uh, if that, whatever that is, if it equals to ten, you're kind of on your last legs. You're left for dead, is what the game called it. Um, and you're least likely to win because the player with the least amount of weapon cards in front of them wins the game. And I think I was the only one that understood that. <laughs> no, no, I understood. Oh, it. I under- oh, is that how we're going? I understood, I understood okay. that very well. Thank well, you very much. I can't help during three out of the five psycho killers. It was, yeah, really, that was rough. especially one of them, which was just a random draw from the middle of the deck. <laughs> but what, what, that what, was impressive. One of my favorite things was a bit uh, that the the middle of the deck draw of the psycho killer was hilarious. But one of my favorite things about the game is that you have a lot of cards, which is like slam the door, which is like you've walked into a room. And you see the killer, and you so you slam the door shut. So basically, what it is was basically take that card that you just drew and put it back on top of the deck and draw <laughs> the next one. So everyone knows now. I don't necessarily want that card because yeah. it's probably a psycho killer. But then, so we had one psycho killer on our right pile, and then the kind of turn went, and I played reanimate which allowed me to remove a psycho killer from my pile and put it on the other pile. So everyone's sitting there going, ah, oh, no, 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 I have to grab a psycho killer. Yeah, I loved it when Blake played a card that says dropped my keys in your pocket and then he gave me two shit cards because he dropped those cards in my pocket. That was pretty funny. I think Ralph had the plays of the game, really, all over. Oh, yeah. You yeah. picked up one random, but you also dropped your, your Psycho Killer back on the top deck and the next hand literally picked it back up again because you forgot you'd put it back there. <laughs> oh, that I was did. Blake on me, yeah. <laughs> that was Blake. I'm sorry. Yeah, what do you guys think of the game? These, um, like the flavored, the flavored text on the sides, on the cards, you know, like a found footage and it's got a VCR on it or um, my personal favorite, the double tap card where it's got a shotgun. If you pick up a Psycho Killer... Will you double tap him and put him back in the deck somewhere? Yeah, yeah, um, I had that at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, these these cards are a lot of fun. I mean, it was definitely it was my first time playing it. I loved it. But what did you guys think? I I really liked it. I think I mentioned briefly there's a video game called Until Dawn, and I played through that, and this gave me a similar vibe as we were kind of learning it. The only weird thing is was the mechanic was at the end of your turn you draw a card mm. where we're used to you know when it's your turn you draw a card but yep. this is to signify the end of your turn so that took us a few rounds to get to understand it but once we did that it just flew by mm. yeah. yeah yeah I think thematically it's it's a clean smooth game as well right like mm. for for tonight's theme matches perfectly but as its own little box as you said like the actual cards that you pull in there's some there's some funny things in there right? yeah. some funny horror horror movie tropes and ways um, to trip everyone else up yeah that's right and 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 it whilst it's very competitive ultimately it once again has that that fun vibe to it where it's not it actually isn't backstabbing each other it's just having a bit of fun and yeah throwing those you know as you said slam the door hide under the bed cards down and i've only just noticed some of these predicament cards like they've got references so you know you've got the tricycle from saw you've yeah. got you know the evil dead like the zombie hands coming up from from the ground is that the tricycle from saw or from the shining i wonder i think it's the shining Right. No, the for card? me, that's saw. For me, that's saw. That's yeah. what I meant. My mind goes yeah. to yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look. But could be taken either way, I suppose. Yeah, look. I, me personally, I really dig it. I think it's a perfect filler game, a, a perfect opener. Actually, mm. it's not a filler. It's a great opener. This is a game where you could have a bit of a party vibe going on. You want some people who are like, hey, I'm going to play a game. You can go, hey, grab this out and just go. I how many players does it actually play up to? Like, 
Does it, does it actually say in the box uh, how many plays up to? I mean, but you realistically, you can play this with it. You can play this as many. Two to six. Yeah, so you probably wouldn't want to play with more than six because then you wouldn't get a lot of action cards. But Well, six is the maximum. <laughs> yeah, no, but like you but you yeah. realistically could play it with as many people as you really wanted to because yeah. there's no hand limit. There's no, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. But in saying that, I really dig it. Um, the, the designers were Michael Wilkinson and Mitch Young. And Michael Wilkinson did the art for this one and was published by Escape Tabletop Games. But Matt, you just pointed out something. I think Ralph, you just pointed well, but the game actually does come with a whole bunch of like QR codes and stuff in the um in the um in the menu as well, which uh, did you actually do that in the middle of the game? Is that what we did or No, that's just a thing I do. I like to put um, like music on in the background that kind of suits the game we're currently playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rule book actually has a whole bunch of QR codes at the back and uh, one is a link to like a how to play video. Uh, the other one is a link to a Spotify playlist for the game, which I'm keen to check out actually. So I might do that. <laughs> yeah, cool. I really enjoyed it. I just like to point out on the board game gateway, uh, board game geek, sorry, page. Uh, one of the mechanisms for this game specifically says hot potato and take that as me- mechanisms for this game. I, ju- I just want to say, I randomly put on Psycho Killer by Talking Heads and that's the first one. Well, I guess it is the name of the game as well. <laughs> but uh, Blake, it looked like you were holding something interesting there. Yeah, so um, I mean, what I wanted to point out, the thing that I love most about this game, above the game itself, is just the box, the box art. And I mean, if you're watching the, the YouTube... It, just looks like a video cassette tape that's a nice um, block it's Love it. small it fits the entire game in it um it just takes me back like ralph says takes you back to the good old days before dvds yeah and um the game has a couple expansions at the moment and they come in little cassette tape boxes which is even better just make sure you don't um like re-record over the top of this board game well it actually does say you're funny you no, say he's, that he's, he's knocked the tap out is it it, oh, it does one? say underneath inside it says do not tape over this <laughs> oh really <laughs> it I rem- judge judy <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of, it reminds me and then on the top it crusty? says <laughs> if, i don't know if anyone remembers the blockbuster days but this is be kind rewind uh, uh, yeah yeah it reminds but, me of the um decrypto uh laser disc expansion where yeah, the box yeah. it looks like the little like you know mini disc thing like, like a floppy disc yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But I mean, the more you play this game, the more you're going to get familiar with it. But the game gives you these blank cards so you can make up your own cards as you go along, <laughs> add them in, whatever kind of flavor you're, you're feeling. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, we've we got to make one of them give a psycho killer to another player. Like, that's got to be fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> or give the psycho killer to Matt. Yeah, double the next what psycho the- killer you get. <laughs> and if you, if no Matt's present at the table, send him a message. So <laughs> right, this is Matt's number. You've just been psycho killed. <laughs> yeah, that was a really great game. I really enjoyed it. I think it was, it was a really good opener. Anyway, but we're going to go to you, Ralph, now. We're going to go around the table, um, and we'd like to another game that you'd recommend on this Halloween night. Yeah, there's quite a few games. I've mentioned Arkham Horror, the living card game, but uh, I think this time I'll talk about uh, Mansions of Madness Ooh. Second Edition briefly um so mansions of madness is uh, a co-op game so continuing our co-op theme um and uh you put massive tiles down um and you're kind of in a mansion so like the first tile might be like the entryway and some stairs and things but that's all you see of the map physically the game also is played with an ipad or a tablet Mm -hmm. uh and it basically says okay well in this room you can go here and do an action you can go here and do an action i'm like cool i might walk over to that painting and do my action and i get a bit of history about the house or something like that Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, you can go to different rooms and you find the tile and you put it out there. So it's a randomly generated room in a way. And there is actually storyline missions you can play. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, the theme is like your cultists summoning demons, that sort of thing. There's lots of little minifigures you can physically put on the map yep. and everyone's a different player with different abilities. And uh, it's such a simple game. I think on your turn, you only do like four things. Uh, and the fact is, you you know, it's kind of a bit of a sandbox where you're like, oh, I'll go into this room and see what I can do. And because the game is led by this iPad, none of the players have to like there's that mystery there yeah. no one read the rule book and knows what's going on yeah uh so it it's it leads to quite a few funny situations uh everyone's on a team so there's no one going oh i'm just gonna go to this room and release the dragon or something stupid but um yeah um the app has sound effects to it as well uh so you already get that creepy atmosphere um we're playing a game where there was a a riot on the streets of London and, you know, you can hear the, the, the rioters outside ever so subtly here and there. And, um, just as like monsters came and attacked and killed you. And it, it's a very story focused driven game. And I, I really like it. That's cool. Yeah. So it's quite a bigger game though. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a really heavy game. I'd like to talk about another heavy game that I really have enjoyed playing. I've only played it twice, but I've played the game called fury of Jack Dracula. Um, and basically if you've played Scotland Yard or these kind of hidden movement games, these asymmetric hidden movement games, it's basically a, the heavier version of that. And for those of you who've never played Scotland Yard or fury of Dracula, basically one of you takes on the role of Dracula and you're moving around the board trying to essentially complete a couple of objectives, like basically killing people, trying to go to different towns, you know, whatever. And But there is a team of hunters who are on your back, and they start in a wide open, you know, across the, across the lands, and each of the hunters have their own asymmetric abilities, and Dracula is trying to complete his objectives before being caught by and eventually stabbed in the heart with a stake by the, the hunters. And essentially, it's one of these games where Dracula, he only appears at certain times and certain parts on the map, and you as a hunter are trying to predict where Dracula is going to go, also trying to find where he's been to get clues about um, how he moves, what powers he may have used, and where he's going, what his objectives are. And eventually the game starts really wide and starts getting narrower and narrower and narrower as the hunters start to eventually start to go, well, he's only got one more person to kill or get to. He's going to go to that town. Let's start moving to that town to start stop him at, and you know, cut him off at the pass sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I really did these sorts of games they're not for everyone mm. because one person it's the reason why i love treasure island the person who's playing dracula or long john silver in treasure island or the, you know the the escape the person who's trying to escape in scotland yard you're essentially the person who's escaping sometimes is having more fun than the team mm, because yeah. the team very much as we talked about with pandemic and with uh like games like horrified you can have one alpha gamer who's like why are you going there you need to go there because we need to stop him at the pass. And you as a, a as a hunter may not necessarily feel like you actually have a lot of options or things to do because someone's telling you what you should be doing. But if you have the right group, it's amazing. It's really fun because you feel like when you kill Dracula, you're like, yes, we did it. Go team. High fives. Everyone's high fiving. It's a great time. But if you win as Dracula, you're like... Yes! <laughs> F you all! I got there, right? Uh, he's giving us the finger, everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, like, that's what the game is. So these sorts of games which really evoke this kind of chase, this very big theme of, like, oh, well, as Dracula, I'm trying to get and do something. 
I really dig. I really think it's really good. It's a bit underrated, I think, but um, hidden movement games tend to yep. be kind of hidden movement. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, uh, we're going to go from uh, we're going to go from um, uh, Dracula. We're going to go to Werewolves, Matt, and I'll get you to have a chat about uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which we have played, not <sighs> the legacy version, but the uh, I haven't the played one... one Night Werewolf in years. Mm-hmm. I'm like it would have been better than regular Werewolf. True. True. I remember, like, actually, I literally, I haven't done any research to even remind myself. The last time I remember playing this game was at your old place, um, and I think we would have had, I don't know, 15 or 16 people playing in that (laughs) that tiny loud trip you used to have. Um, And I think I was sitting on the stairs, like, there were people everywhere. We were literally climbing on the bloody rafters to to play this game. Every time we've played it, we've had a good time, Mm. and the more I've played other games with you guys, I've realised how simple a game it actually is in the long run yeah um and that it's it is a good gateway game in that you know it's, it's not something that um uh you'd have to be a gamer to enjoy you can sit there and have that social interaction and feel like you've participated in a game and then call it a night that's fine um but for the people who now that i've a bit more experience with the games looking back and the different roles you can play and the different variations whilst they're fun it is still you know, it's still a one-trick pony, I suppose, at the end yeah. of the day. Um, and maybe maybe there are people out there listening who absolutely love it, and that's fine. I mean, there are people who absolutely love um, a number of the games that I mm. seem to hate, but that's okay. I, I, um, my one memory of playing one night is I played it quite a few times. Me and one of my brothers had, and we introduced it to my youngest brother, Hayden. Um, and we explained him the rules very quickly. You know, it's a very easy game to get into. And the concept of the game, what you need to do, he picked up his role and then very confidently, straight up, you know, he announced, we all said, okay, well, what are you? And he goes, I'm the werewolf. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we all look at him and go, you know, you, that's a bad thing, right? And he goes, yeah. Yeah. I don't. And it was just such a big dick play yeah. straight up out of nowhere, not knowing anything about the game first round. You, you I, usually, I, think, I think this was the first game that I'd played in... A modern era that had an app as well. That, yeah. that was impressive when we first played. Werewolves, so could... open your eyes. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. werewolves. No, no, this is this is a yeah. one night ultimate yeah. werewolf. So one night ultimate so werewolf takes the the werewolf mafia you know format and basically condenses it down to one night. Now you need to have either a game master slash an app. You also need at least nine or ten players. Yeah, we found like we played at about six eight. Or eight is seven? a sweet spot. I think eight and above is a sweet spot, yeah. but you really need that and the, like. And so there are everyone gets their roles, but three roles go hidden face down in the center of the table. So you cannot, you don't know what they are, but the seer has the option to look at cards. The werewolves know who the werewolves are. The minions know who yeah, the werewolves so the are. App, the app tells you, you know, mm. who, who, what to do. The, Joker, saying, open your eyes and swap your th- card. You know, yeah, sort of I think it was the first game that had a digital component that wasn't just like atmosphere was a playthrough right it was mm. the same thing each time right i mean even even the, the dvd skipped around once you'd played it it was done this one y- there are a number of different add-on cards and things you could throw in to to change it and on the app you say well these are the ones we're playing with and it'll adjust the yeah. gameplay to suit and i think most would have been 2015 14 when we first played it and that was that was pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. That was cool. Apps are coming to games, yeah. and like we've got this crossover now between the digital and the real world. That was really, really cool. Back I definitely then. think it's an underutilized part of games. You know, there's a lot of these uh, these games that try to, and they do. They come up with creative ways to hide certain bits of information. So you know, mm. you, 
especially games where you're playing against the game in these cooperative sort of scenarios. But um, having an app being able to do things and things like Search of Planet X, that's the thing that I think it has over a game like Cryptid. Mm. Um, it's part of the app, so the app knows where mm. yeah. it is. And it's that extra and layer of immersion, you know, like the yeah. background noise in Cryptid or like the, just the, the, the howling wind in, in One Night Werewolf. Like yeah. it just adds that extra yeah. atmosphere for yeah. you. Like Mansions of Madness, the first edition was like, a one versus many like fury of dracula where one person was kind of the dm well it wasn't one versus many they were the dm they were running the game for everyone else um but the second edition has the app which runs the game it builds the house and mm-hmm. it creates that mystery which makes it a real good horror type game yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and what i love about one night ultimate werewolf is that it takes that format as we said but it condenses into one night so even if you die you're not out of the game you can mm-hmm. just keep you can rinse and repeat it plays in 10 minutes you play it again one of my best plays i ever did was i was playing the tanner and the tanner is the person that wants to be shot and i remember it was either you or your sister kate and i think it was kate and she goes uh, everyone here who's not a werewolf, raise your hand or something. And then I knew what was happening immediately, but I went to raise my hand and quickly jutted it down. Everyone looked at me and went, ah, you're an idiot, right? And they all went to kill me. And I'm like, ah, you're all idiots. I'm the tanner, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no way. But like when that happens, it's like the game then becomes the werewolves now need to not let the tanner get shot, but they also can't incriminate themselves. Yeah. Like, well, how do you know the tanner? Um, but you mentioned, uh, so... Uh, Ralph, you mentioned a game. Uh, I really recommend One Night Ultimate Werewolf, but my next favorite game on top of this is Werewords, which takes that format and makes it a word-guessing game, which I love. Do you want to give us a quick run? Yeah, on that so one? again, it's a very similar app, probably published by the same person. It's um, <laughs> May, Mayfair Games, I believe. Yeah. May, uh, Mayfair Games. So essentially, uh, one person is the mayor, and they know what the word is. It can be any word, really, um, but the app kind of tells you what the word is. Uh, then the mayor closes their eyes, and the app says, see, open your eyes, and the see has to, like, then gets to see what the word is and then the werewolves are generally it's a team of werewolves they wake up and they look at each other they know what team they're on they're the evil team they got to make sure that no one guesses the word Mm. uh but the seer knows the word and they have to communicate like just through their guesses um you know what the word is so the other players they're kind of townspeople they have to guess what the word is uh so the mayor's when you take a guess the mayor says yes that's that's similar like that's a good you're hot basically it's hot a game of hot or cold really yeah um but yeah how, i haven't played in a long time how I, did I go? I, it's one of my favorites i love it because the mayor cannot talk they can only speak in the uh, pods yes that's the mayor right can only speak in yes no and then there's like really no yeah you're way off really yes like ding 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 yes you're on the right track right and so the where the werewolves they're trying to obviously stop you from getting there but the seer was also trying to get you there do now, the werewolves know the word yes the werewolves and the seer all know the word because yeah. they are obviously trying to stop you from getting there but at the end of the game if the townsfolk guess the word then the werewolves get to have a shot at who the seer is and if the werewolves guess it correctly they immediately win. So the seer is trying to yeah, they're trying to stay steer hidden. people. Like, <laughs> for example, so like if the word was like raspberry milkshake, for example, right? And we're just off in the world of Greek mythology. How do you start saying yes or no questions to bring them back <laughs> towards like we're in the completely in the wrong area, right? Um, I love it because it takes the, the werewolf formula of, okay, 
you know the same the roles if you've played werewolf you know all the roles the seer the you know the demons the minions etc except it just basically turns into a word guessing game yeah and, and so and, and it plays quickly like less than five minutes again, is around yeah, yeah six minutes but you have that like when we talked about pictomania a couple of weeks ago it has the easy words which is like cat dog whatever but then you have the hard words like pale uh, pantheon right <laughs> you know emotion right how do you get them to get emotion bro <laughs> We, I really love that. I, I think it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite, you know, werewolf yeah. themed games. Um, mm-hmm. it, it absolutely trounces the rest of them. I think. And I, I just want to say, I almost got through a whole episode without talking about Blood on the Clock Tower. Ah, <laughs> there it is. However, here, it is. here we go. We need a bell for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. Like just a counter of how many times Ralph brings it up. We need a jar. There has to be. <laughs> yeah, but the, you mentioned are uh, like in in um in One Night Ultimate Werewolf, you played a role where you wanted to die. Um, there's actually a role called the Raven Keeper. Was if the demon kills you, you get to you get a really powerful ability. So it's kind of playing that bit of cat and mouse. But um, Blood on the Clock Tower is like an amazing horror theme. It's purely werewolf theme, and everyone has something a role to play in the town. Like you're this character, and like it's it's so cool. If there ever was a night to talk about Blood on the Clock Tower, uh, it has it'd be to this one, right? Mate, it's every night. It's every night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to go back and have a listen. To yeah, the, yeah. The this podcast. is this is my foreplay at home. <laughs> yeah. God, that is one of the disappointing parts about one night you know you flip over your card and it's like villager you're like, oh, yeah okay <laughs> well, every time that i play one night ultimate werewolf I, the first game with new players has villagers just to allow them to have the opportunity but uh, every game after that yeah. i always immediately take all villagers out and go everyone gets a roll yeah. everyone gets a roll i bought one week ultimate werewolf and i gave it to knee we were going to play it once and Nee read through the rules and went, I don't think I actually want to play this after reading the rules. Oh, We've okay. never gotten it out. We have to get it out and play it. It does look like it because it plays over five nights, but it, it, it takes the whole formula and says, okay, but now we're moving around like a house. Like Is that a legacy one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So we need to have that a go. So look, with that, we're going to start wrapping up uh, the episode, but we do want to give out a quick shout out to some uh, honorable mentions that we're uh, talking, we didn't talk about tonight, but these were the ones that we wanted to talk about. Uh, but some uh, honorable mentions to uh, the game of Mysterium, which is basically, yeah, that's fun. which is a really good one, which is one player is a ghost and you're basically trying to get the, the other players to guess essentially you know, mm-hmm. artwork, but you're not allowed to. It's kind of like the the other players have to guess who murdered you. So you're giving out clues as a ghost, which is cool. But you're only allowed to draw. No, no, you you get cards. Oh, that's right. Yes, it's like like Dixit. It's like like Dixit. That's right. Exactly right. Um, The other one that we wanted to shout out, which is like this pandemic reign of Cthulhu. So if you like stomping on uh, cultists and stopping Cthulhu from outbreaking in the world, Mm -hmm. that'd be potentially one for you. Also, uh, the Zombicide series. So for our zombie fans out there, basically, if you want to be in an action zombie movie, Zombicide's probably the game for you. It's Left 4 Dead, but in board game version. Mm, Uh, That was one of the first modern board games I had, so it's got a special place in my heart for that one. Not the ones that I owned, but one of my friends showed it to me. This is about 12 or 13 years ago, and I went, wow, this is really cool. I painted most of my set, uh, Mm. and... um, I've still got it. Like it's still, uh, it's, that's my beer and pretzel game. <laughs> and where would we be without the classic atmosphere? We've talked about it before, but Blake's. I love this game. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone asked me to get out the game, I would get it out straight away. Put it straight on. You got it in the car. They're, actually, <laughs> they're actually doing a um, uh, anniversary, an anniversary edition Ooh. of the VHS version. I like would a love 30th to play year. that. Yeah, um, I need a VHS player. <laughs> Well, we'll yeah. have to have a, keep our eyes out for that. Are they remaking it or just remastering it? Uh, re, uh, remastering it, I think. Yeah, well, just redoing it. Um, well, it's fine. Whenever they, they remake it with, like, a, I'm assuming the guy who originally played hmm. 
the gate the gatekeeper. He was also he was a phenomenal. Yeah, but it, but it has the right amount of of silliness Camp. and campness that yeah. it's, it's still fun, right? But yeah. then you remake it and it's just all too silly. You're like, I don't like the this, DVD you know? one was a bit more on the. I wouldn't say silly side, but he's more, you know, trying to roast you rather oh, than yeah. actually scare you. Yeah, or, that's right. Um, which can be funny in a different way. Um, and the new one that they came out with, which I bought not long ago, it's got an app for it. Oh, cool. But um, that one's almost fully CGI and uh, it's not it's as just good. Just not the same. Yes, yeah. it's just not the same. Also, yeah. just one more honorable mention. We had this on the cast a few episodes back, but Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. For sure. Just Again, it can fall flat where sometimes you're the traitor and you're really powerful and the survivors are really weak and vice versa, but it is... It gives uh, me that Cabin in the Woods vibe if anyone's seen that movie. That's which a great is, um, movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, look, I, I've had good games. I've had bad games of it, but it is one of the most thematic sort of like horror yeah. monster sort of board that's, games that, that we do have. That's like the TV show American Horror Story yeah. sort of thing. It's it, Every season's a different sort of twist and yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do us for today on this Halloween themed episode. Halloween? Halloween themed episode. Oh, we're doing weed now. <laughs> oh, jeez. That'd be an interesting episode. Oh, oh God, man. Dude. We're don't Elon get, Musk now. Don't, don't get us started now. Um, if you enjoyed what you've been listening to, please go check out our website, boardgamegateway.com. Go check out our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash boardgamegateway. We post all of our stuff there and also the fun stuff. Also, go check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Board Game Gateway, you'll find us there. Uh, with the logo Um, on behalf of myself and my three co-hosts Matt, Ralph and Blake thank you very much for joining us we'll see you in the next episode always a pleasure bye everyone (laughs) (laughs) scary at the end that does (laughs) mean